back to The One Where I Met Your Mother, a podcast about friends and, more often than not, How I Met Your Mother. I'm David. I'm Natalie. How are you? No Fake answers only. Wrong answers only. I'm doing great. Today's a great day. Yeah. Everything's beautiful. Yeah, we're... Um, Life is easy. Yeah. We're going through some shit. Um, in addition to all the shit with our friend Tyler, yeah. who, whom we've talked about, um, you can go to caringbridge.org slash visit slash Tyler and Jennifer Smith to find out what's going on there and how you can help. But we're also going through some shit in our lives that we're not going to go into here, but... Uh, except to say, this is how much we care about you, the listener of the one where I met your mother. You, uh, the the friends and mothers. What are we, do we ever come up with a name? For, I feel like we talked I about a name for the listeners. Mothers, yeah, are yeah, uh, are the friends and mothers? We uh, we care about you, and we're fighting through some real bullshit to do this. Some real bullshit, but yeah, yeah we are committed and. You know, you you even offered like, well, let's uh, we could skip a week. This is a little peek behind the curtain. I yeah. said, you know what? If we skip this week, some other shit's gonna come up. We're gonna skip next week, and we're gonna skip. You know, yeah. This is something that we can put everything aside for an hour. That's and true. Talk about some yeah. fun shows. Hanging out with our friends and mothers. Yeah. Uh, so this week we're talking about season three, episode 24 of Friends, which is the 24th episode of the season and not the final one. It's the penultimate episode of the season. Right. Shows don't have 25 episodes in a year anymore. Um, but the se- season three, episode 24 of Friends, which is called the one with the ultimate fighting champion. Uh, and then normally because there is no season three, episode 24 of How I Met Your Mother, <laughs> we are, oh boy. Um, Excuse me gonna hit you with some uh, bonus mystery dinners like we like to do yeah um and i'll give you that uh episode and name later you've already seen it in the description of the fire on the beach um f-y-r-e yeah i'm just trying to remember the uh the season i know it was episode 12 but i can't remember if it was season eight or nine it's uh season eight episode 12 fire on the beach but yeah fire like fire festival but this is this is from 2014 which is pre-fire festival right yeah yeah. What year was Firefest Festival? I'm going to say like 2017. 17? I 2018? was thinking 2017 too. Let's see. And of course the dueling. Yeah, 2017. The dueling docs. Yes, I never saw either of the docs. You watched them both, didn't you? I watched you? them both. Yeah. I don't remember. I think Hulu was the better one. I don't know. There was. Um, And then also, haven't there also been two Woodstock 99 documentaries in the past couple of years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't watched either of those. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. How do you feel about those situations when there's like a deep impact Armageddon, you know, volcano Dante's Peak? Yeah, I say, you know, we could consume all the yeah garbage we want. The last one I remember that I know I saw both of, and this was over 10 years ago, was uh, Mirror Mirror and Snow White and the Huntsman. Oh, yeah. I saw them both. Yeah. Um, I only saw... Uh, no strings attached, not friends with benefits. What if there were two Truman Capote? Yeah, um, that's true. I only saw Capote, but there was another one. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, one was Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, that's the one I saw, one and it's directed by Bennett Miller. Yeah, was the other guy? <laughs> okay, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I, um, uh, oh, it was Toby Jones who played him. Toby Jones, and then yeah. There was also like the prestige and something the else. The illusionist. That was, yes. Yeah. I yeah. always liked the prestige. You didn't like it. 
remember. Uh, no, yeah, and that there's a lot of. Uh, I'm a big, pretty big Christopher Nolan skeptic. Mm. I like some of his stuff. I don't like most of his movies. Mm. The one I liked the most, I don't think you really liked, which was Dunkirk. Um, yeah. Dunkirk is probably my favorite of his films. Yeah, I'm sure it was good. I just, yeah. it's not for me. Yeah. Um. Uh. Wasn't there a joke on? But speaking of the prestige and the illusionist, uh, I know I talk about BoJack Horseman all the time, but I also watch it all the time. Yeah. But uh, within the reality of the show, Peanut, Mr. Peanut Butter used to be married to Jessica Biel. Right. Who voiced herself. And they were always so mean to her, which is apparently, from what I've read, like her like just prodding the writers on to be as mean as possible. Yeah. Um, like there's a uh, someone at one point calls her future hard jeopardy question but <laughs> but there is like a there is one part where um it's revealed that mr peanut butter doesn't know whether jessica beal was in the prestige or the illusionist yeah <laughs> he knows it was one of them yeah. anyway uh let's jump in we said we were gonna make this a quick one here we are doing five minutes of bullshit right. let's jump into season three episode 24 of friends which again is called the one with the ultimate fighting championship um we get a uh Real weird uh, cold open that I didn't love. I have to be honest. Uh, we're at, but we're at the perk. I love that part of it. Perk I love thing. when we start at the perk. I always love that. Um, Chandler makes a really bad joke about like a town called Sample, and the sign would say "You're in Sample." Mm-hmm. That's a bad joke, which is only just setting the stage for I th- what I what I found to be a very unfunny cold open. It was just about having a big celebrity cameo but it wasn't actually funny so billy crystal and robin williams are there not as themselves they're playing friends robin williams is doing a thick accent some sort of like um like andy kaufman on taxi like uh what was that character's name uh, uh oh shoot yeah no i can't remember Listeners were screaming yeah uh like simka or something something like that yeah, yeah. um or no his girlfriend was simka yeah i cannot remember yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, so he's doing an accent, and Monica is like trying to share some big news or something, and then she forgets what she has to say because they're all just eavesdropping on this drama between Billy Crystal and Robin Williams, and it turns into a big blow up, and they storm out, and it um, it wasn't funny. I'm sorry. Well, okay, I will tell you this um, little insider information. This okay. scene was completely improvised. And it wasn't even planned. It wasn't in the script. They happened to be in the building together. And they were invited to to be in this scene. So the whole thing was improvised as well as, like, Joey interrupting. The whole thing was an improvised. And they were so, like, blown away to have these, like, yeah. humongous stars that they just, like, went with it. That's why it was weird and unfunny. But... Uh, Joey interrupting was the funniest part. That was improvised too, because that that's very a, funny. That was improvised that, too, because there's a whole thing about Robin Williams thinks his if his wife's having an affair with her gynecologist, but then it turns out yeah. she's he's, she's having an affair a with borscht belt joke. Like, yeah, but that's exactly okay, Lodka, who they are. Lodka, I Lodka. Think is his wife. Um, yeah, so there's a thing. <laughs> Robin Williams thinks his wife's sleeping with her gynecologist, but then it's revealed that she's actually having an affair with Billy Crystal, and Joey goes. Uh, you're the gynecologist are you the gynecologist and then they're like we're trying to have a private conversation where they've been shouting at the top of their yeah. lungs yeah. right next to people the entire time it was yeah. like the funniest part but yeah it was kind of just awkward and not really funny And but then okay then we get 
after the opening title sequence were i think still at the perk and monica's like okay this is picking up from last episode she reveals that pete did not propose to her that in fact he is he wants to become the ultimate fighting champion um which as i remember as i talked about last week in 1997 wherever this was still seems like it was pretty obscure but apparently joey and chandler and ross all know about mm-hmm. ultimate fighting they're they're telling the stories which are um kind of making monica nervous about it's like not like it's not like fun like staged costume like fake fighting it's like actual real fighting yeah. and there's no fun costumes yes yeah. in defense i'm not a wrestling guy but i follow weirdly a lot of people who are into wrestling for some yeah. reason on twitter yeah so i I bristle at you calling it fake because it is choreographed. Okay, whatever. But it is still very athletic. You know what I meant. Yes. I'm just saying. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you're not going to look. I think pro wrestling is very, very stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I feel like half the people that I follow who are into it, it must be some sort of ironic thing. I don't get it. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that's just me being judgy. But uh, you were being more judgy. So we're even. <laughs> um, so then. Okay. I know I always call out when the World Trade Center appears in, like, the transition shots. In this episode, didn't it seem like they were trying to imply that Chandler works in the World Trade Center? Because we see it twice, and it's both times before we get to Chandler at work. Yeah, I think everyone was just uh, so excited about Robin Williams and Billy Crystal that they just like <laughs> forgot what they were doing. Okay, so there's like uh, I don't know. If, I don't think it was intentional, but maybe. maybe yeah, it's, right. it's just weird to see the World Trade Center twice right before. It was almost as if it was like an establishing shot. Like yeah. you see an establishing shot of Jerry Seinfeld's apartment, and then they're inside. Yeah. Like that's how it felt. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, um, Chandler's new boss is played by the great Sam McMurray. Mm-hmm. Um, we love Sam McMurray uh, mostly from. Um, Murray. Uh, most of them raising Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about me and Dot are swingers, as in to swing. Oh, he was also um, in um, Drop Dead Gorgeous, which is one of my right. faves, and you don't care for it. No, uh, I don't. But um, uh, oh, you know what I was thinking about? This is way off topic. Uh, I realized, remember, <laughs> people can go check out, find the episode of Battleship Retention from like... Uh, spring 2021 where we talked about all of your favorite movies that you showed me for the first time during that first year of like again of COVID not my favorite this seems to be right an issue sorry that yes keep going to I want to make clarification these are not my favorite movies they were instrumental in my upbringing right. in one way or another yes and that's I don't important stand by them as my favorite that is important because I'm about to talk about one I hated yes. um I hated Jawbreaker so much I think it's one of the worst movies I ever saw I agree but something it's hold on let me say Something occurred to me recently. My version of that is that when I was like early high school, like middle school, early high school, I thought Very Bad Things was a great movie. Exactly. I will bet if I watched Very Bad Things right now, I would find it repulsive. Yeah. In the way that I found Jawbreaker repulsive. (laughs) So that, that was just my movie at that time. It was like Lockstock um, and Two Smoke. I mean, maybe that's a good movie. I don't know. Lockstock is fine, but like Very Bad Things is more like it's trying so hard to be dark that it's just like it's and I which I thought was funny at the time because I'd never seen a movie that was so like misanthropic. I get confused between that one and Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag, which I never even saw. Okay. Yeah. It's in the same genre of like, oh, this is like violent and like 
dudes like it because it's like dark humor. Yeah, yeah. And I think that I thought that was like so cool about very bad things at the time. Now I'm sure I would roll my eyes right out of my skull if I watched that movie now. All right, so Sam McMurray is the new boss, and uh, he's got a sort of uh, football, baseball, basketball coach type of uh, demeanor, and he uh, smacks Chandler on the ass to show his appreciation, which is something that coaches do, which is I never liked when I played sports, but it is an accepted thing. Not necessarily something that bosses do in a corporate atmosphere no one has ever smacked me on the ass no. uh be an hr yeah. nightmare yeah um but yeah. we get some new guest stars too this is a little bit later yeah oh, okay. yeah okay. Uh, don't worry i've got that written down okay. um we uh then chandler comes home by home i mean he comes to mountain rachel's place where uh ross is making a dinner reservation under the name winona writer uh, <laughs> to make sure he gets a table yeah. but uh, interesting that she would be brought up why? Because she was on his list? No, but we might see her. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah, no. that's a little bit of... Uh, I would have saved that for Under the Umbrella if I were you, but... Uh, well, you know what? Sometimes things come up naturally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then Chandler has this whole conversation about getting your ass slapped at work, and everyone is like, no, that's not okay, right? Mm-hmm. And then as they're on their way out to the restaurant, where I feel like they're going to get turned away when they show up and aren't one on a writer. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I feel like there was um, a joke on Barry or something where Henry Winkler's character said he makes restaurant reservations under the name Clint Eastwood or something like that. Yeah. But, like, I don't know how, many, how long that could work. Like, as soon as you show up and it's not Clint Eastwood. But they wouldn't turn you away at that point. I guess, I guess. Especially, um, like, if you make the reservation in the daytime, it's a different person working, you know, so they don't right, know who right. made the reservation. Yeah. Uh, but also, also, as they're on their way out, Phoebe stops Rachel and asks if she would mind if she set Ross up on a date um, with her friend whom Rachel met. And when Rachel met her, she was bald. You're bald. Yeah. Um, more and, to come on under the umbrella. And so, yeah, Rachel is uh, more than okay with yeah. Phoebe setting uh, Ross up on a date with what she assumes is a bald woman. Yeah, because it's, um, you know, no competition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somehow. As if we all don't know that, like, this is this is mid-90s. Yeah. This is the age of Alien 3 and G.I. Jane. Right. Like, we know there are sexy bald women, right? Yeah. Anyway. Um... Then uh, Monica goes to visit Pete at his gym where he's training to be an ultimate fighter. Not just an ultimate fighter. The ultimate fighting champion. The ultimate um, And his trainer is the great James Hong from A Million Things. Yeah. Um, and uh, so there's a, a joke in here that I definitely, I don't know if it even is a joke or just a reference. I definitely wouldn't have gotten it when it first aired. Where... Um, uh, Pete says that James Hong, I forget this character's name, uh, used to be a paid assassin. And then James mm-hmm. Hong's like, eh, it says something in whatever language he speaks. And then he says, oh, house painter. He used to be a house painter. Yeah. Okay. So the memoir that Martin Scorsese's is The Irishman is based on is called I Heard You Paint Houses because that memoir within the world of that memoir, whether or not it's a lot of people question how true that is a lot, but that memoir supposes that 
house painting and carpentry are like code names for contract killing. Right. Just like so, sanitation is like the mafia. Right. So I wonder if the writers of Friends like had read that memoir and like intention like of all the 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 occupations yeah. to pick house painting, it seems like that can't be a coincidence. Yeah. Right? Yeah, maybe it is. Um but James Hong, I know him best as um uh Cassandra's dad in Wayne's World. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Or I know him first as yeah, but he's in. I mean, he's in a million things. Yeah, I, th- I think of Big Trouble in Little China first, but yeah, yeah he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, do, 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 do. So then we um, meet Bonnie is her name, mm-hmm. uh, Phoebe's formerly bald friend, and played by our friend <laughs> Christine Taylor. Christine Taylor, whom we saw at a restaurant once, and therefore is our friend. She's our friend. <laughs> um, no, she's not my best friend because I didn't meet her. Right. But she's our friend because we saw her. Right. Okay. Um, so we meet her. I didn't even write down anything about that, but just like Rachel's like, oh, she has hair and she's pretty. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't like this whole thing. But of, then like, um, Rachel's also like, oh, but she has like a terrible personality, right? And Phoebe's like, no, she's, oh, no, she's the best. Like, Bonnie's the best. Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, she's hot and she's a great person. Yeah. Uh, so then we meet, uh, this is what you were hinting at earlier. Chandler talks about the ass slapping with some of his co-workers, one of whom is the great Steve Park, uh, Mike Yanagita. And the other is Clarissa's dad from Clarissa Explains It All. I didn't know that because I never watched that. Um, But yeah. um, Yeah, Steve Park is uh, is great. I, of course, always think of him as Mike Yanagita first. um, But he was also very... Well, I guess somewhat recently, uh, yeah, very recently. Joe, and, um, Joe O'Connor. Okay. Uh, Steve Park was in um, The French Dispatch in the, the third big story. He's the chef, yes. the famous chef, and he's great. He's got a great little monologue in that. He's a really good actor. I really like Steve Park. Uh, okay, so then we go to the UFC match, or just Ross and Monica go. Mm-hmm. The whole gang doesn't go. Um, just Ross and Monica go to watch Pete. You know, uh, his first match, uh, he's up against a guy um, whose name is Tank and who is from Huntington Beach, California. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wrote um, that down. Ross gets a comically large soda and popcorn. <laughs> that's right, because it's like the ultimate deal or something. To the yeah, department. yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. So then, yeah, Pete gets his ass kicked, but then Monica goes to see him, I guess, in the locker room after or whatever, and we realize he's not giving up. Yeah. Um, he's going to keep at this until he is the ultimate fighting champion, or I guess until he dies, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, okay, so here's where I got, you, you and I normally don't talk to one another during the episodes, but I got so confused about the next scene. I think probably just because I was taking notes and I missed something. Mm-hmm. So then they're at Monica and Rachel's and Ross is like grilling mm-hmm. uh, on the, whatever you call the their balcony, balcony uh, thing. And it wasn't clear to me, and I, in retrospect, it is clear that, uh, oh, because James Hong had said, like, or, or Pete had said, my trainer, James Hong, uh, doesn't want, thinks you're a distraction and doesn't want you there. And she's like, yeah, I'm sure that was it. Uh, so in retrospect, I realized, okay, they're gathering at this place to watch to his watch, next match. To watch the match at but home. But I think I was confused at the time that I was like, are they watching, like, 
is the match that they already saw being televised and why would Monica want to sit and watch that again? But I realize in it's retrospect, it's his next match and she's televised. not there because James Hung told her uh, not to be. Told her not to and be. And the yes. joke is that he goes down so quickly they don't like get to enjoy it. It's just like they don't even see it. It's so fast. Yeah. Fight's over. Yeah. Ross is like still grilling. Um, uh, Chandler specifically requested a turkey burger, which uh, Ross dropped. Dropped on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that was about. Yeah, Does Chandler seem like a turkey burger guy to you? I mean, he's definitely like losing tons of weight, so I don't know if it's intentional. But wasn't this when he, like Matthew Perry was had like a painkiller addiction? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why he was losing weight. Well, I know that. Yeah. I know it wasn't like a plot line of. The oh, but show. you're saying maybe the writers were trying to explain maybe Matthew Perry's they want weight us loss to like, oh, he's trying to like be healthy. Whereas like. We know what's going on. And also, he doesn't look healthy. He looks thin in an unhealthy way. Initiated. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, the fight's over before it's uh, uh, it can be started, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chandler's new uh, gambit to avoid getting slapped on the ass is to just not be good at his job anymore, so he'll stop congratulating him. But then he... Says he had a few beers, and then Sam McMurray tells the whole story about how he had a few beers and then drove drunk. Yeah. And then he smacks him on the ass anyway. Yeah, it backfires. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Phoebe and Rachel are out, and they see Ross and Bonnie on their second date mm-hmm. um, through the window of the perk. Ross is sitting on the couch in the uh, uh, Billy Crystal Robin Williams seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Phoebe tries to convince uh, Rachel that they're breaking up when they're clearly like canoodling. Break up after like yeah. date two. Um, and I just didn't. I, it, so I, here's what I'll address this. I mean, I kind of mentioned it before. Like, a plenty of women with shaved heads or bald heads are very attractive. You know, yeah. right? Yeah, we already talked about that. So uh, yeah, a but also it seems like Rachel is banking on Ross being very shallow. Or is it that Rachel's very shallow? Rachel's very shallow. Yeah. Okay. She always has been since yeah. we first met her. Okay, do you think Ross, if Christine Taylor, if Bonnie still had a shaved head, would that be a deal breaker for Ross? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Because he's, like, been into women with, like, very short hair, if that's, you know, it's not Oh, like, you mean the co- the copy girl, yeah, right? Had very short girl. hair. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, wasn't his, like, his list was, like, not necessarily short-haired girls, but it was like Uma Thurman. It was like, was like an edgy list. It was like, like he's cool, into, cool girls. Yeah. 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 So I don't think that would even be a turnoff. No. I wish Christine Taylor had shaved her head. I bet she'd look great next time we see her at that mid-range Mexican restaurant in Studio City. Mexicali. <laughs> I wasn't going to name it. Why not? <laughs> After I talk shit about it's it. It's not like she's still going there, and it's not like the food's bad. It's not bad, but it does. it doesn't feel... I mean, I feel it's, it feels like it's made for white yuppies yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but, like, the chips and salsa are fine, and the margaritas are fine, and they have happy hour. It's fine. All right, yeah, yeah. It's just fine. You love Chevy's. You, it was your favorite restaurant for a decade. <laughs> yeah, but Chevy's, there's no pretense there, you know? Whereas things like Mexicali or, and I'll admit I've been to this one many times, Frida, which is a local chain. People yeah. don't know what Frida is. Yeah. We're listening to this, I don't think. Um, those feel like, oh, you're like, it feels like gentrifying Mexican food mm-hmm. as a, and I don't mean that you're like, cause there's a whole thing of, um, um, broken Spanish, mm-hmm. 
which uh, and we went there's Broken Spanish, which isn't there anymore in the BS Taqueria. And those are like a Mexican chef saying there's no reason Mexican food shouldn't be treated like fine food mm-hmm. and shouldn't be expensive. I like that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't charge a lot for for Mexican food. It's just when you make it feel uh, yeah, gentrified, like yuppie-ish, and, and, yeah. like, and I feel like Mexicali and, and Frida are kind of like that. Yeah, it's like mall Mexican food. Yeah, and also, um, while I'm on my Mexican restaurant uh, soapbox, uh, I don't want the guacamole they make tableside. And I'll tell you why. Oh, yeah. I will tell you why. <laughs> because I think in a real guacamole, the avocado, the avocado is the star. You put the other things, you know, some onion, some cilantro, whatever you put in there. You put that in there. But the avocado is the star. And I feel like whenever I've had table-side guacamole, they put too much of the other ingredients because it's more visually, like, to see the mix. It Like, you're at fucking Cold Stone Creamery and they're mixing stuff in. That's visually arresting. But then you get guacamole that's, like, 40% onion and cilantro. And it's like, I want, it's, avocado is the star of the guacamole. Yeah, so I, I have to put on a little show, and it yeah. it irks me when I see someone like doing tableside guac and they're not paying attention. Like because they just that. wanted the guacamole. Like this is how we have to do it here. But like squeezing in the lime juice. The person's going to like all the trouble of like putting on a little show. The least you could do is like look at it and say like, oh yeah, yeah. like you know, pretend to like be interested. Uh, well, and that reminds tip, me. Tip them, tip yes. Them. That reminds me of a story, speaking of, like, trashy-ish restaurants that we love, yeah. uh, in downtown Vegas, um, off, off of Fremont, uh, there's a place called Nacho Daddy. That's a nacho-centric mm-hmm. restaurant, and we love it. We've been there, like, a half Multiple dozen times. times. Yeah. And one time we were sitting, and they have, like, a square bar, mm-hmm. but it's not in the center. It's close to the wall. So there's one side of the bar where when you're sitting at the bar, your back is almost up against the wall. Yeah. And you ordered fajitas that they do a little show with. I didn't know there was a little no, show. No, you didn't know. But it but was because vegan of, chicken fajita. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, great. I thought they would like bring out a plate of like fajita vegan chicken. But they do a little show where they mix them in and it sizzles or whatever. But because where we were sitting against the wall, the guy had to set down his whole setup at the end of the bar walk over to you and tap, tap you on the shoulder, shoulder to get you to pay attention, then walk back to the end of the bar yeah. and do his little thing But there. then I still did, ooh, <laughs> ah. Because that's what you do. Yeah, show some goddamn respect. Um, all right. Oh, uh, uh, off topic. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we see um, uh, Pete again after the second fight. And he is in a full body cast. It's we. I mean, we can't do like similarities and differences, but he's like Barney at the end of totally. season three of How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. He's he's completely um, bandaged up and, and casted up, and and he's got that thing where his arms aren't down at his side. Uh, um, but he's still not going to give up, and uh, um, unfortunately, Monica can't watch him go through this. Um, which I don't know if I, I mean, I, I have to support her decision, but I feel like if I were in her shoes, I would support, uh, Pete. Yeah. I mean, it's strange to me that they're, they're already like, I love you. Like I love you. Yeah. They're already like thinking about, well, she's thinking about marriage mostly because Rachel is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her. But, um, 
I feel like they still don't know each other all that well, so it like seems strange. It happened quick. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess if my partner, who I didn't know that well, was like really into this thing that I was like so against, and it was like hard to watch, I'd be like, "This needs to stop." You know, it would be a conversation. Yeah, I guess it'd be a conversation, but I, uh, yeah, I, I, I respect her decision. It wouldn't be. I don't think it would be my decision but in her he, shoes. Like the way he's behaving, it's like almost, it like. He's unwell. Like he's like, I need to be the best. Like I think, he, they always well, like depict. I mean, the type of people who become like mm-hmm. fabulously wealthy CEOs yeah, in this country true. often tend to be psychopaths. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how often. Probably often, but uh, I mean, studies have shown that like being a psychopath makes you uh, better in the corporate world. <laughs> I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it doesn't surprise me, but yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's part of it. It's yeah. like, you're not a healthy, yeah. well-adjusted person. Uh, and then we get, and then, so they break up. That's the end of the episode, except we get a tag at the end where they've all gathered again to watch Pete get beat up again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's some mean jokes and, uh, Monica can't look, um, uh, yeah, Joey, this was mean, but I thought it was funny where Joey was like, he's winning. And Monica was like, really? And Joey was like, no. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, do you have any other straight observations or should we move on to funniest moments? Well, real quick, we mentioned props, but again, with the yoo-hoo. Chandler has another yoo-hoo. You. There was no who. There was an H. It was Y-O-O-H. Oh, okay. So this is an inside joke, clearly, with, like, right. the writers or, you know, like, yeah. this this is not normal. Yeah, for a, a grown man to be... Constantly drinking. Apparently, milk. like, <laughs> conscious enough to be like, oh, I'm going to go with a turkey burger. I want the lean choice to yeah. go with my Yoo-Hoo. I'm surviving <laughs> off of Yoo-Hoo and turkey burgers. <laughs> that should be, like... A meal at like a diner should be called the Chandler. Chandler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a turkey burger and a yoo Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, and a cigarette. Uh, oh, of course. <laughs> uh, okay. Funniest moments. Um, there were a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, I'm going to start with, uh, uh, <laughs> well, you know, I'll just go chronologically. Maybe you'll steal one for me and that's okay. Um, when Phoebe's trying to describe bonnie because rachel's met her before and phoebe's like you know average height medium build bald (laughs) yeah that was funny um on that same journey um when rachel's like why'd you say (laughs) why'd you tell me she was bald i hardly ever say that to people (laughs) about people about people no it's the joke is why didn't you tell me she had hair yeah (laughs) she says i hardly ever say that about people which is very funny uh all right so uh next up for me, um, <laughs> Pete is trying to say that his full body cast isn't as bad as it looks. Mm-hmm. He says, it's just a precaution. I'm not supposed to move my spine. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. Yeah. Um, and at Chandler's office, when his <laughs> colleague Clarissa's dad was, like, sad to not get the butt slaps, um, one of them said, like, well, you got it that one time. And he's like, no, it, it ricocheted, it, like, it ricocheted yeah. off you and hit me. It wasn't, like, an actual butt slap. I thought that was funny, too. I thought, I'm glad you didn't steal mine, which was when Sam McMurray's solution to the problem is just to give everybody butt slaps. Yeah. And they're all so happy about it. And That's, so I think it's yeah. the same guy, Clarissa's dad, who practically, like, skips over Puts to the it, front yeah. door. And then he goes back for more. So like, he's happy, like, oh, I forgot my briefcase. Yeah, the happy butt slaps. Yeah. While I'm against this... 
type of interaction in an office setting. <laughs> it was very funny. I mean, everyone's clearly into it. Um, uh, go on. Uh, that's all I have. Do you have more? So in that same scene, just like the way in which he says, get over here, you, yeah. and does it. It's, it's all very, they're having so much fun. Yeah. Um, all right, should we move on to friends? Oh, I have but, one more. Oh, oh please, please. Um, when Phoebe's trying to distract Rachel away from looking at Ross and Bonnie, um, she goes, oh, look, there's a trail of ants. They're working together. Um, no, they're working as a team. They're working as a team. And then they sit on the curb. They sit on the ants. On the ants. So sad. Yeah. Um, all right, friends with naked fashion. Uh, yeah. I loved Ross's apron. It had like an old timey oh, yeah. like Italian uh, olive oil ad on it. Yeah. Um, both of mine are um, Monica, and oh, okay. one of them is not necessarily fashion, but I noticed that she has like peeling nail polish, and I think I don't know if that's like intentional, but it's like a fun choice that I like because I think it. I don't know it. It centers her more. Like, it makes her feel yeah. normal because we we all have peeled nail polish sometimes. You yeah. know, like, they're also, like, gorgeous and, like, perfectly styled and makeup. So, like, it's refreshing to see, like, gross peeled nail yeah. polish. I've never been a nail polish guy, but I remember reading a GQ about, like, dudes who wear nail polish. And a lot of them were saying that that's, like, that's what they like is when it starts to peel. Like, mm -hmm. they like the look. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe it looks more manly when it's peeling. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder. You think I could pull off some nail polish? What? You've often asked me this, and I say, yeah, all sure. Right. And I, I've even said I'll, I would do it for you. Yeah. All right. We'll do it. Um, but I don't want to be do black. I don't want to be like Johnny Resnick. Um, maybe blue. 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 Uh, do you want my other one or you have another uh, one? I have another one. It's in that scene where they sit on the ants and everything. Phoebe is wearing a, like, orange and yellow floral. I don't know if it's all one piece. It looks like separates, but it also looked like it moved like it was one piece. Mm -hmm. But I'll say it looked like a tank top that was, like, yellow and orange floral over a long uh, orange skirt. I thought it was cool. Mm -hmm. I think it might be all in one. I think it, that's a duster. Is that a duster? I think it might be. Okay, because I, I know a duster is a type of like trench coat. Maybe it is, but I think there are. Um, let's see. This is very interesting. See, <laughs> like that kind of like. Okay, that's a duster dress. Yeah. Okay. No, I guess that's a duster, like a sweater that goes all the way to the floor. Oh, okay. Well, that's not what this was, because right. it was a tank, but it did go all the way to the floor. A duster jacket has those, like, little, like, uh... That's a coat. You looked up duster coat. Yeah, because I was showing you what I was talking about. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't disbelieve you. I just wanted to show you what I meant by duster coat. I see. Um, <laughs> Monica, at one point, is wearing a boat neck striped shirt, and I like It was, like, okay. three-quarter sleeve boat neck horizontal stripes okay was that to one of the matches or uh, or, or two i guess she only went to one match i don't remember okay exactly uh should we uh oh wait uh, what's under the umbrella? umbrella okay so i have one i have a few well we already talked about um seinfeld storyline snatches your balls so <laughs> yeah. a bald storyline yeah what else do you got um well uh Monica's nervous overeating. Disordered she, eating. She wants it, four hot dogs. She wants four hot dogs. And then at the final scene, she's also like in the kitchen, like frantically eating popcorn to avoid 
watching the smash. Yeah. So when she gets stressed out, that's what she goes to. Yeah. I could easily eat four hot dogs. In fact, I'm pretty sure the one time I went to a Dodger game and we sat, not with you, I went with a friend Frank, um, we sat in the all-you-can-eat section at the back, but all-you-can-eat just means Dodger dogs, popcorn, and soda is all you can get, but it's like 35 bucks and you sit in the bleachers all the way at the back, and I'm sure I ate four hot dogs. Um, I know we went to a wedding that had like a carnival theme. Do yeah, you remember that? Yeah. And I ate at least three corn dogs. I had one of those corn dogs, but I'm that way with popcorn. So when Ross had that giant bucket of popcorn, I was thinking to myself, like, I could take that. I'm a monster when it comes to popcorn. I like popcorn, too, and I find that if I have some at a movie, which I don't usually get one, get some, but if I do, I will eat it until it's all gone, and then I will be so dehydrated. Like, my lips will feel dried out, because mm-hmm. they're it's very salty movie yeah. theater popcorn. Yeah, that's the whole point. But it's too salty I, I need to learn to stop with salty stuff. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm going to look like the Crypt Keeper by the end of it, like just all shriveled. All right. Uh, we, we talked a little bit before um, that Rachel is a shallow person. She really is, in yeah, a way that bothered me this episode. Insecure and shallow. Yeah, yeah. Imagine, I mean, I, sorry, I know they like, it's not a comedy writer's place to like, or, or job to think of every potential like viewer but imagine if you're like a woman who's like a cancer patient and doesn't have hair and you're watching this episode and it's all about how yeah. a woman just simply by being bald is undesirable. Yeah. It's not it's not a funny joke and it just seemed mean spirited and shallow. Maybe not like Rachel in this episode. Yeah. All right. <laughs> On that very pleasant note, should we take a quick break? Mm-hmm. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Okay, we're back. And uh, we are. We don't have How I Met Your Mother to get into. I think I mentioned that before. Uh, but we do have our other um, little uh, segments. Not as much correspondence this week as, as last week. Um but I definitely got a tweet, at least. Um, uh, oh, yeah, so Steph agreed with um, uh, what I was saying about Friends being, like, a sort of classically good TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was saying uh, she couldn't watch Friends during the, like, 2000s golden age era because it didn't seem you know it seemed like so much of the past right it, it seems like a pre-soprano show if you mm-hmm. if you like i do divide <laughs> television yeah. into pre and post sopranos yeah. it's definitely a uh a pre-soprano show and then andy says i should get the point for cheating on uh the um challenge accepted mm-hmm. but um I'm not going to get to it. But he also tells a great story. Oh, let's hear it. Do you remember we asked, because this was about Phoebe last week, one of our calls to action was, have you ever been on two dates in one day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, I have been on two dates 
in one day. When I met my now wife, the first date went so well that I had to rush to end it so I could get in my car, drive around the block, and re-enter the coffee shop to pretend I'd just gotten there for my second date. The cashier thankfully didn't bat an eye and ask any questions. My wife was the first date. She hasn't let me forget this story. Wow, that's like a classic, like, usually it's in a different, you know, yeah. like a whole different thing. Like several hours later. Well, I think it was supposed to be, but it said that this first date with his now it, wife it went, went so, so well, well yeah. which, yeah, you couldn't write a story as good as that. That's yeah. that's fantastic, Andy. Thank you for, for sharing that. I'm glad it ended out. I'm glad it yeah. Yeah, ended yeah. the way it did. Yeah. Oh, that was not for me. Okay. All right. I think that's it for catching up on our correspondence. Let us know. I think that's a fun storytelling Tell us about your double dates in one day. Well, that was our call to action last week. But we can continue. Oh, yeah, we'll continue it. If anyone else has has had two dates in one day, I certainly haven't. Uh, But, um, yeah, let's move on to my favorite segment to introduce, which is called How Were We Doing? This is where we look at what was going on in the world on the day that this episode aired. So Friends Season 3, Episode 24, the one with the ultimate fighting champion, aired on Thursday, May 8th, 1997, which, among other days, was the day that Taya Leone and David Duchovny got married. Wow, big day. Good for them. Yeah. Are you going to tell me they're not still together, or they are? Oh, I don't know. I feel like celebrity couples have a... I mean, this is everyone knows they have a tendency to not last. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see... If they are... Oh, no, they divorced in 2014. Oh, wow. He has not since remarried. Okay. But they made it 17 years, I'm sure. Just because... Yeah, just because a relationship ends doesn't mean it failed. It just ran its course. Yep. Right? Okay. Top five songs in the U.S. on Thursday, May 8th, 1997. Uh, Number five, Monica's For You, I Will. At number three... I'm sorry, number four, Savage Garden's I Want You. How does that go? I just know I wanna play with you on a map. But that's, that's not it. truly madly deeply or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. That's not I don't know this song. Uh number three, Puff Daddy's Can't Nobody Hold Me Down. And number two, Jules, You were meant for me. And I was meant for you. And at number one, the notorious B.I.G. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Uh-huh. Sometimes you would just hypnotize me. Uh-huh. Hypnotize. Uh, great song. So uh, that's what was going on in the world. Now let's um, move on up to our next segment. Normally our final segment, but we have more because of uh, the nature of the show. It's called Challenge Accepted. This is where we look at what was happening in the world in the day. Uh, no, that was the last one. This is where we try to predict what's going to happen next week on these shows, um, based only on the title. No, I did not give myself the point, because I'm pretty sure I subconsciously cheated in the last episode. But that's okay, because I definitely got a point for this one. Yeah. Because I said Pete gets his block knocked off, stat of his, status of his lights, TBD. Yeah. So I get a point for that, which means we are tied. Now, if I win this if I get it right this time, that means you have to donate $500 as opposed to it's just, it, it just so happens that the first two seasons, we just happened to end in a tie the both times. So we yeah. each donated two fifty. Yeah. Although I should say that I did end up, do we make clear that we donated? 
we didn't I can't remember if we said this already. We didn't donate to the charities we said we were going to for season two. For a variety of logistics reasons, we both just donated to Planned Parenthood. Yes. So, um, and I'm sorry, I know it was a different, like, abortion fund, and then mine was supposed to be, like, this... Frontier fund. uh, Yeah, mine was supposed to be this uh, transgender kids, but then I couldn't find it. I think they went out of business or something. And then, so, um, and there's, you know, there's Roe and all that. But we did donate uh, to the Red Cause. Yeah. And, yeah, I feel like I'm making excuses, like... uh, um, do you, remember, do you remember in uh, uh, Forrest Gump, um, one of Jenny's many awful boyfriends during the like 60s time, and he's like apologizing for treating her like shit, and he's like trying to blame it on Johnson. He's like, and then goddamn Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I feel like. And then Roe. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if this needs to be said, but um, we're planning to donate the $500 to... Tyler's GoFundMe. To Tyler's GoFundMe. Yeah. Yep. And, um, yeah, you should help support them, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no matter what, how this ends up, uh, $500 of our money will go to Tyler. Um, and I feel like it's going to end up in a tie, because I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to totally <laughs> throw this one. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay. The season three finale, season three, episode 25, is called The One at the Beach. And I'm going to say the gang, with the help of a map left behind by a suicidal lunatic. I was going to say pirate. You'll see where I'm going with this. Uh, discover a hidden beach on a small island (laughs) off of Thailand um, where everybody has Looney Tunes names Mm -hmm. and they have a shaky alliance Mm -hmm. with the marijuana growers on the other side of the island. Mm -hmm. That's what I think is going to happen. Let us know if you love the beach as much as we do, because... Danny Boy is the beach. Great movie. Such a good movie. Somehow it has 21% on Rotten Tomatoes, and... I mean, critics hated it. Yeah, and not me, but I yeah. loved it. I mean, I wasn't a critic at the time. I don't really want now, to be I honest. I love um, but, the yeah. Moby soundtrack and uh, Tilda. Uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah, Porcelain was on there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I had that soundtrack mm-hmm. on CD. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, weirdly, this movie just came up on Battleship Retention because um, guest co-host Scott and I were doing an episode on... <laughs> Well, the episode's about movies about the internet. The beach is not about the internet, but there is a part at the end when he, like, goes to an internet cafe. That's, mm-hmm. like, I think that's, like, the final scene of the movie is him, like, sitting down in an internet cafe. Uh, and that just seems very 2000. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, great movie. Uh, so that's what I think is going to happen on the next episode Can't of Friends. 
<laughs> well, speaking let's... Speaking of beaches. Yeah, yeah, speaking of beaches, let's move on to our bonus Mystery Diners discussion. We, again, like I said, talked about where we watched season eight, episode 12, uh, which is... Um, Fire, no, I forgot. Fire on the beach. Fire on the beach, but it's F Y R E mm-hmm. because they, uh, the mystery diners of this place have been hired by the owners of Shorefire, I forgot the name of it, Shorefire Beach Bar and Grill or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, which, uh, by the way, uh, still open, four stars on Yelp. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, you, go. you and I are planning on going to Honolulu. We may or may... We may or may not. Like not I said, we're in a shitty situation, situation right now. We might have to cancel. But if we go, maybe we, we should, should stop at Shorefire. I would love to. I think the listeners would love it. I do think the listeners would love if we came back uh, in a couple weeks. We'll record another one before then. Now, and, do you think, and talked about going to Shorefire Beach Bar and Grill. Yeah, it'll be sad not to see Kali'i and Tiffany. Oh, yeah. They got canned. They, they weren't... Yeah. I wonder if Derek still works next door at the we'll at the board the shop. shop. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the surf shop. Um, so yeah, uh, Charles, uh, the owner of Shorefire Bar and Grill, who's a uh, um, yeah. What? Oh, why can't I think of what is the native Hawaiian like? Pigeon. No, no. What is the derogatory term for uh, uh, for like white folk settlers? I can't remember. Well, we don't we don't know that. This had like a. Like a Wisconsin accent, <laughs> I don't think he's a. Uh, but he's clearly not a native Hawaiian. You know, he's very white, and his name is like was like Andrew or Darren or Daryl Allen. Daryl, Allen. Allen. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so anyway, uh, yeah, he's been experiencing a loss, and whatever it doesn't matter. Profits dropping. Um, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So uh, we don't have to do a, we don't do a whole like bit bit bit. Yeah. Be a bit recap on these. Right. We just talk about our favorite stuff, which yeah. is that uh, uh, this is, I think this is the first, you and I have, over the course of three seasons, we've jumped around Mystery Dinner so much, I can't remember which uh, uh, PYTs uh, we, we've we've seen show up. Was piece, this? Piece of Ass is Jordan. The piece, the piece of Ass this week is Jordan. Um, I don't like saying that. My fa- I can say that. <laughs> you can say That's, it. My favorite part is the consultation and when Charles Styles talks to the person about like what seems to be what'd you call my company what seems to be the problem yeah and then charles like talks about the the establishment and he says wow location 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 yeah yeah one block from yeah. one block from the beach um uh hold on I... so tiffany is the uh server who shows up hungover mm-hmm. and uh, Kelly E, is that Kelly E? Uh, Kelly Kelly E. Yeah, I can't remember now. He is a little too friendly with the surf shop next door, and they're yeah. trading like locomocos and like surf wax and like surf rentals. Yeah. And then he's going surfing on his breaks, which they don't even get breaks because they only do half hour shifts. Which no, five hour shifts. Five hour shifts. Yeah. So I feel like you should get a fifteen. If, I think I thought if you worked hours. four hours, yeah. maybe it's state yeah. by state. Maybe in Hawaii you don't have to do that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Haole, by the way, is what I was looking for, for what, oh, nat- okay. what Native Hawaiians call white okay. folks. Um, uh, yeah, but speaking of Haole and speaking of pigeon, there are Derek and Kali'i, Kali'i um, uh, speak like pigeon English to each other and like... Yeah. 
the way that Charles talks about it, yeah, it's that thing of like he's not actually saying anything xenophobic or anything but like it that. Is, but it's that. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's, he's like, oh, I didn't understand a word of the, what they were saying. Yeah. Just like, oh, this is this is something weird. Like this just is so weirded out by the idea that someone might do something differently. That's what really bothers me. Remember, you showed me, and I've never forgotten it. I can't remember what the Food Network show was. But it was like a family Southern cook and Food Network show, and the host, who's like oh. the mom, decided oh. to make Korean oh, yeah. chicken wings. This was um, Frontier Woman. Okay. Pioneer Woman. Pioneer Woman. Pioneer Woman. So she made for her family. She was like, "I made y'all some chicken wings," yeah. and they're like, "Ooh!" And then she pulls out these Korean wings, and they're like, "What? Oh, what wow. is this? Oh, this like, is this is too <laughs> flavorful." Wow. And it's so condescending. Yeah. So like the way that Charles was talking about the uh, them speaking in pidgin English was. Um, it rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. You know what else rubbed me the wrong way? And they showed it more. They showed Charles say it more than once. So Tiffany shows up. Tiffany is an employee who uh, shows up hungover. I know what you're going to say. More than once we hear Charles say. She spends three hours. No, this girl's spending more time on her back yes. than she does working. Yeah. But that phrase, a woman spending time on her back, is yes. about her being a loose, promiscuous woman. Exactly. Yes. He knows what he's doing. He knows he's, what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like that at all. Yeah. There was also very but you, much... Because she was napping in the booth. Anyway. There was some of that. Yeah, he said that more than one time. Yeah. And then... Or um, they showed it more than once. He might have said it... it he might have only said it once. We, I feel like there's. this is one of those reality shows where we see the same thing three times in no, an episode. because he sometimes. said it in a different way. He said, she spent three hours on her back. Oh, because he said it to her at yes. the end. Yes. That's right. Yes. Ugh. Yes. Ugh. Um, and it was also very, like, I don't know, like a, the generational divide of, like, boomers versus millennials like i don't know what kind of world you're living in but you know it's very much that of like this is a whole different world um, ha- like have some respect take your glasses off oh when yes he says tiffany her? charles says that yes yes like if it's a rude thing to say if alan had said it the owner at least i would understand that like she's on the clock and this is like within his purview because i don't think on the one hand i don't think charles is wrong that tiffany wearing her sunglasses all day at work is disrespectful to the customers but he has no plate no right to talk no. to her like that he is You're not like, her boss he is not her father yeah like it's very like paternalistic very much so I, so that even though i agree that she probably shouldn't charles is not the one to say it to her and if Alan, her boss, were to say it to her, this is not the way to say it. Totally. Have some respect. Take your glasses off. You say, I'd rather you not wear your sunglasses But Alan also said something interesting to Darren or whatever, like the surfer guy. So Derek, when, yeah. when Derek like is like trying to run the cashier and like help out the the restaurant. Because uh, Tiffany can't be yeah. bothered to get off her ass. Um, Alan said in a very judgmental way, his hair is draped all over the place because he has like long like surfer hair yeah so i mean i could only imagine what they would like say to like someone with dreads or someone with like different textured hair like it's very scary like problematic and you're reminding me of something else that that charles made some joke about like people showing up because kelly is kelly kelly i always got written uh, is very punctual. That's one of the things that mm-hmm. Ellen says. And Charles is like, oh, but in Hawaii, you have a lot of trouble getting people to show up on time. And Ellen's like, yeah, it is a problem. And just like, yeah. 
Alan just seems like such a fucking carpetbagger. Like he, yeah. like I didn't, I've never been to Hawaii, but he just seems he is completely resistant to the idea of the culture of the place. Right. He's just there to make money off of tourists, which he will when we go there in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, we're gonna, yeah, we're uh, doing our research. We're yeah, no, yeah, we're mostly going to uh, local owned, native owned places there's a whole like uh market that we want to walk through and and yeah. uh yeah uh anyway uh, i'm gonna steal because there are two great charles isms uh in a way that you that i know you like so when tiffany grabs derek and asks him to work the register while she naps off her hangover um charles says apparently tiffany thinks she's got the authority to hire him to cover her shift <laughs> and then when kalai or whatever uh takes a, a break in the middle of the day to go surfing when when the camera catches him walking back charles says he's finally done with his surf break yeah but then he also says when when tiffany um wakes up from her nap look who just look who decided to wake up look who i put that in my funniest moments actually look okay. who finally just said yeah should we move on to funniest moments yeah. or do you have any other like stray observations about the episode you wanted no, to yeah, mention we can move on. um okay you go first well you just did one but you go first one. yeah you go, uh you can go Okay, well, another one about uh, about Tiffany is uh, Charles says, it looks to me like Tiffany's cure for a hangover is to help herself to a free soda from your cooler. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was great. Because she drinks a squirt. That was great. Um, we also, we we didn't mention, like, when whenever, when anyone comes into the... Um, the control room? Control room. They're always impressed by it. Yeah. And Alan says, wow, you don't mess around. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, all mine are the less later ones are in the control room. I always love to call out the owners, like, really trying to do some fake acting. And there was at one point that Alan literally seemed to be, like, pleading to the heavens. Yeah. He's, like, oh, like throwing up his hands and looking up in the air, like, yeah. and he said, his despair, this fake. better be the best excuse or I'm going to flip out. <laughs> um, but then I, when Alan confronts Kelly E. and Tiffany, and he says to... Kelly about taking a break. He says, "Not acceptable." Not acceptable. <laughs> but before that, when um, Charles Styles says, "Like, let's let's bring him in here," sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He, Charles is, Charles is like, "Why don't you go get them and bring them in here, and we'll deal with them together?" I think like Charles likes firing people. He loves firing people, even though it's not his place to do it. Yeah. He loves it. He loves it. But there's a shot of him. When when Alan is like running down the list of charges, of Charles just shaking his head. Yeah, he can't believe yeah. these young millennials. Yeah, these what kind of world do you live the in? The working class peasants. Yeah, working lazy, harder, hardly working. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, should we do make it fashion? <laughs> no. Oh well, Charles is wearing a Hawaiian shirt for the initial consultation. Oh, no. I liked it. Okay. <laughs> it was kind of like peach and and cream colored. That's very funny. Uh, and then for Under the Umbrella, uh, you mentioned being impressed by the control room. Did you notice that the update was not four months later? Yeah. It's always four months later. This yeah. just said restaurant update. Yeah. Yeah. But still, Alan is happy to report, report blah, 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 at Shorefire Beach Bar and Grill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it. That's season eight, episode 12 of 
Mystery Diners, which again is called Fire on the Beach. Now we have one more episode of Mystery Diners, and then and then we're back to Friends and How I Met Your Mother. But remember, at the end of this podcast, there's a whole season of Friends that will be paired with Mystery Diners episodes. So we're gonna. What's fun and also weird, like we're gonna start getting to the ones that aren't as exciting yeah <laughs> there are some like lame ones that i think will also be funny we'll make it fun because we i remember we were talking about because i think a listener asked like how many restaurants on mystery dinners have we been to and we've been to three and none of them are in los angeles right. but then i remembered that you've been to one that i haven't because i've never been to Maeve's Resi- residuals the bar oh, in studio city yeah. and that's a season one episode that i think is it didn't air first, but I think it's probably the first episode they ever made because it's kind of a different format. It feels yeah. weird. And it's also not a bar or not a restaurant. It's just a bar. Um, so, yeah, there were, that one you've been to. But I think in a couple weeks we might come back and talk about Shorefire Beach Bar and Grill. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, you can find us at BattleshipPretension.com. You can find this podcast wherever you found it, but you can also find posts for every episode at BattleshipPretension.com. You can leave comments there. You can also email us. We would love that at the one where I met your mother at gmail.com. And you can uh, follow me and, and comment, uh, reply on Twitter, as you've seen a lot of, that's how most people seem to comment on the show, is on Twitter at Davey Pretension. Now, um, I'm so embarrassed now that I've forgotten the handles you wanted me to give out um, so people can find you on the internet. Yes, that's at Natalie. Just kidding. <laughs> don't find me. I don't care. I don't want to be found. Um, but if you like this episode, you should rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your mothers. Uh, it's real easy to open up the app and give us a review. You could just click five stars or one You could star. give us a rating by clicking. You could also write out a review. That's yeah. how it helps people find the show. You like the show? Us. You want other people to find it? Oh, what, you want to be one of those hipster snobs who wants to keep it all to yourself? No. Sure. Spread the word. Yeah. Help the algorithm. Help yeah. us help you. <laughs> um, let us entertain you. Um, until next time. Okay. See you in Sample, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs>